Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The Collab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other. So you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. You can join us too. Sign up at jointhecollab.com and then tell your story. Hi, I'm Cynthia Power, owner of Multivolte, and today I'm speaking with Michelle Doyle. We haven't met before, but it's really lovely to meet you, and I'm really excited to chat with you about your career thus far. Could you say like a sentence about who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So nice to meet you too. Well, I'm Michelle, and I'm from Los Angeles originally. I've been living in Paris for the last three years when I came here for graduate school in 2021. I recently completed my master's in communications, and my focus is communications for sustainability. And prior to that, I worked for five years in office management and as an assistant. Cool. We have a lot in common, actually. Just to name them so far, I lived many years of my life near Los Angeles. I spent one year of my life in Paris, and I was also an assistant for many years, so we can talk about that. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, I I think it's really interesting that you're doing sustainability communications, and that's such a big need. So that's, I'm sure, one of the reasons that, you know, you and I are a good match to have a conversation. So maybe before we get into that, could you talk a little bit about, it sounds like you've had a bit of a winding, you know, career path so far. Could you talk a little bit about maybe the way back, kind of where you started, what it was like, just a little bit, what it was like growing up in LA, as you see that connection to kind of where you are now? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Malibu, California, very small town. So around beauty, around nature, and I always grew up with a love for the environment. And I knew, though, that I wanted to see what it was like living in a different place. I wanted to move to a city. So after high school, I moved up north to San Francisco for my undergrad. And that's where I earned my bachelor's in media studies. And I was studying film and journalism. And I gravitated more towards journalism. And that became my concentration. I loved writing. And I was a staff writer at our university newspaper. And I started focusing my stories and projects primarily on human rights and environmental issues. And towards the end of undergrad, I became really interested in food justice and the access and barriers to healthy food in the US, as well as sustainable farming practices and agriculture. And this, in a sense, was my early introduction to learning about socio-ecological sustainability through the lens of food and agriculture. Yeah, I I mean, I. I'm fascinated by that becoming your, was that, do you feel like that, like why, why did you dive into that? Was it being in San Francisco? Was it being from Los Angeles area? Like why, why was that so interesting to you? I think actually being in San Francisco, I started working with a nonprofit, creating content for them around their projects with local farmers and local chefs. And I actually became really interested in nutrition at this time. And as I was graduating, I actually started to pivot away from focusing on media, film, and journalism. And I wanted to learn more about food and about nutrition and go deeper into it. So I ended up landing my first job as an office manager and assistant in a private healthcare practice 
in which nutrition was a large part of our treatment programs. And this was an incredible opportunity for me at the time. And I started to envision myself actually becoming a registered dietitian and potentially having my own practice in the future. So a big shift from what I was doing before, but linked to the things that I was led to and interested in through writing and producing short films. And so I stayed there for four years. Uh, Great experience. I had a lot of responsibility. I learned a lot about communicating with clients, co-creating, recreating organizational structures as our clinic grew. And I gained a lot of confidence in my own autonomy, which I'm so grateful for. Although during those years, I did start to realize that I might not picture myself long-term in the clinic setting as a practitioner, which is something that led to my eventual career redirection. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I want to hear about the redirection and how it happened in Paris, of course. Yes. So how I redirected my career. Well, when we first had the COVID lockdowns in the U.S. in 2020, I had the chance to pause and think about my future And I had always known going back to school would be necessary if it was something that would allow me to become a nutritionist or a dietitian. I would need to go back to school for sure. However, during this time, when I really had the chance to reflect on it, I thought maybe I could take the skills I've learned over the past few years in office management, administration, and communicating with clients and reframe my direction and build something off of this skill set. So I started looking at grad programs, and at this point, I was 27, and I kept my focus on communications programs more because this is the area I qualified for more easily with my previous degree. And part of me always wondered, and maybe people who ended up working in fields different to their undergrad degree can relate, like what if I had done more with that degree and followed that path more? And I came across this program at the American University of Paris, which offered some specific courses focused in sustainable development. And I thought, okay, I think I could go somewhere with this. And I saw an opportunity to learn more about sustainability, specifically sustainability communications and management. And I thought, okay, it's kind of scary to take this kind of leap, but I saw it as my one chance at that point in time to really make more of an impact with the experience I had under my belt. And so I came to Paris in January of 2021. It was still partial lockdown, curfew at 6 p.m., nothing open, but we were allowed to go into university socially distanced a few days a week. And voila, I became a student again, which in total honesty was a bigger adjustment than I anticipated, especially as I was approaching my 30s and fully used to a working schedule and very much set in my ways and also learning a new language as you get older. For me, very difficult. I am not the type of person with the brain that picks up languages, so that was something I definitely underestimated. But During my first year, I took a sustainability in fashion course, and that completely changed the trajectory of my career path. I learned about environmental and human rights issues that exist in the industry, 
and I particularly came, became interested in material impact, meaning the socio-ecological implications of textiles and dyes, and that became the focus of my thesis. And you are, you've graduated, right? Or are you still in process? I graduated. I graduated in May 2023, so earlier this year. Congratulations. Thank you. So what are you, I mean, sustainability marketing, I think is a really hot topic because of, you know, greenwashing and, you know, companies trying to say what, well, just, I don't know, the the challenge of companies being honest and excited and, you know, telling their customers what they're doing, but in a way that feels truthful. Like, I'm curious what, what parts of sustainability messaging you're really interested in. It sounds like fashion industry specifically? Yes, absolutely. So I'll back up a bit and tell you when I started to find this area of sustainability. I spent the last year of my program working on my thesis, and I had the opportunity to travel to India to do my research there. And I was connected by one of my professors with two designers in the city of Oroville in southern India, Oh, I've been there. Have you? I think so. That's a big, it's like, it's not an ashram, but it's like a, yeah, I have been there. It's a big community, a lot of white people, right? And like, and Indians, but there's a lot of, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I had such a nice visit there. Oh my gosh, we'll have to talk more about that. It's a fascinating place. Yeah. And it's definitely hard to describe unless you've been there, which is why I usually say like you can only really describe it if you've had an experience but that's really cool Hmm, that's so cool yes yeah so while I was there I worked with two designers in Oroville and I also had the chance to visit Jaipur in northern India and work with another designers there and all of these amazing women designers they each intentionally made their material and production choices in ways that support cultural and socio-ecological sustainability in their communities And this meant using fabrics and plant-based dyes, indigenous India, and also specifically their own bioregions, as well as using factory waste to make upcycled garments, all using traditional non-electric production methods, such as hand loom and hand spun weaving. So during my fieldwork, I learned about the social, ecological, social, and cultural significance of materials and how material choice can support and preserve indigenous artisanal craft and how designers can collaborate with artisan communities in their localities and their approaches to working with nature's systems and their own local biodiversity in the process of making clothes. So how does this fit into communications? Well, when I came back to Paris and went through all the research, what emerged was really a deep exploration into how we communicate for material impact in ways that are accurate, transparent, and engaging, and represents materials as both object and process. And this project introduced me to the connection between cultural sustainability and fashion, and ways of considering how designers, brands, and artisans collectively can sustain Indigenous craft together by exploring opportunities to collaborate in mutually beneficial ways to make clothing that preserves ecologically positive practices and follows slow fashion models. So interesting. They do, I, uh, just my experience of India and, and our, our, all of the artisanal production there is just really amazing and so inspiring. And, 
yes, I can see how spending a year there would really shape your your career and your kind of work going forward. Are you, is there a burst of sun in Paris, dare I say it? We are in Aix-en-Provence right now. And since you can see me, you can see me on the screen, I'm right in front of what was a very foggy sky like 15 minutes ago, but now, but now not so much. No, it's great. It's bright. And you're in the South. That's great because we're going into winter here in New York and it's kind of dreary. So, okay, so I'm still trying to put together your experience in India and how that led you to the communications piece, because it sounds like in India, you were doing a lot of hands-on work of, you know, understanding how things are made and the best possible way to do this or that. So, so then why did you decide to focus on communication specifically and like what types of communications and kind of marketing are you excited to do? So yes, definitely going there helped me understand the process. And my goal from the beginning, since my thesis was in line with a communications degree, was to tie back how can we communicate for material impact. So that meant looking at the ways that three different designers that I worked with communicated for their materials. And I looked at how they communicate across social media, across their websites, and any other outlets. And I looked at this comparatively to the field work that I did with them, which was the interviews and interviews with any staff and studio visits to see like if the richness of the reasons that they chose their materials really can come through to the user in a way that makes sense. And also checked transparency indicators like do we know where they're sourcing their fabrics from do they do we know like where the communities that they work with are located and really what emerged was just kind of a way to strategize how we can be clear about the process itself Mm -hmm. so if I'm hearing you right it's kind of like trying to distill and accurately describe a really amazing kind of a really amazing process with all of these amazing people and this very rich culture. And like, how do you bring that through with language and speaking to your customer and kind of adding in also some kind of baseline sustainability, like transparency? Absolutely. You said it, you said it so perfectly. So I'm curious, what, what do you, what's either, what are you doing now Or because you just graduated and the world is in a very strange place, it's entirely possible that like you don't have, you know, clients yet, or I'm just speaking, you know, from my personal experience of starting a business. So how is work going now and what kinds of work are you hoping to do? So right now I'm navigating how to build a career within sustainability and fashion more broadly, which I'm not going to sugarcoat has not proven easy or straightforward. So I'm really focusing on writing again and creating content based on my areas of research and really breaking that down into the areas of material impact and cultural sustainability and really looking to see what opportunities are out there or that I can create to strategize communications for materials. And at the same time, I'm really focusing on building a community as well as developing my own voice and expanding my knowledge 
all the while also looking out for positions in communications or even management with companies, nonprofits, or brands that are seeking the same change that I'm seeking. So a couple different threads going on at the moment, because it definitely is not a straightforward path or industry. Yes, 100% can fully relate to everything you just said. So I actually think that content creation and writing is something that I see a lot of a lot of my clients or potential clients needing where they're trying to figure out how to it may not be as specific as materials but they're trying to figure out how to talk about sustainability or their whatever sustainability kind of agenda or program they have and I think um, there's an interesting need in my observation of kind of like people that are I don't know if it's a copywriter, maybe it's a copywriter, but somebody that can actually like take an idea, understand where it's going to be used and create the verbatim word for word that is going to go, you know, on that website or or on that product. So I would imagine that the content creation space could be good, you know, like a good place for you. So that's great that you're doing that. I also love to write, but I'm not trained as a writer as you are. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what are you most proud of in your career so far? I think I would say my thesis because it was the first huge project that I really like took on myself and had to figure out how to navigate. And of course, I had an incredible thesis advisor, although at the end of the day, like you still have to make the decisions and it was kind of scary for me because that will be out there like forever. So you're kind of thinking at the time, like, oh, wow, like this is going to be published and this is like a year's worth of work. And so I think like being able to actually complete that and go to India by myself was something that I'm proud of. And even though it's you know, an academic project, I do feel that research is so important. And this really, like, this really drilled that into me. That's nice. How long is your thesis? It's 236 pages, and that includes interview transcriptions. So (laughs) I didn't write all of those, but I imagine the writing is somewhere like in the hundreds. Mm -hmm. Wow. I wrote a thesis in college in French, actually, but it was 45. I think it was 45 pages. It was really fun. I agree with you about doing the research. I couldn't write 45 pages in French. That's impressive. Well, my grammar sucks, and I, uh, but I, but I managed to like communicate my ideas. Let's see. I wanted to ask you, what would you do differently if you could start over? When I was younger. I would have started thinking about my own career growth sooner and taken more time to reflect on that. And I would have been more diligent in establishing milestones for myself. I got so caught up in the day-to-day that it wasn't until I was forced to stop during COVID that I actually did that type of reflection. And if I was starting grad school over again, I would have started networking a lot sooner. I think what stopped me was maybe not feeling ready for that or understanding the value or how to do it. And I didn't feel prepared to get out there and talk to people. And I so wish I did that sooner, even if I wasn't ready, especially in sustainability where the job opportunities aren't necessarily in abundance and you do 
kind of have to carve out your own path and build your own communities from scratch if you're moving into this industry from another. And I would have put more emphasis on that instead of making every paper and project perfect, which is my type A tendency. I can relate to that as well. Yeah, it's interesting about what you would have done differently. I think I probably have a similar answer, which makes me think that like, we're too hard on ourselves. Like we got where we are because of all those things. And, and I totally agree. I'm like, man, I wish I'd like really had a plan 10 years ago, but then like, you know, a lot of things wouldn't have happened, but I totally agree about networking. And I think, especially if you had, I I tell all my friends now that are in have like corporate jobs. I'm like, work on your LinkedIn connections now. Don't wait until you need them. Like keep working on them, keep accepting them, keep talking to new people. I think it's really important. So I'm just curious. I think you talked a little bit about this, but what is next for you if you have a soundbite about that? would love to hear. Or like, how can people find you and work with you? So for me, next is focusing on how to really dive deeper into my niche in sustainability, which is material communications. And I want to explore that and really see where I can go with this as far as communication strategy and either work for myself or start to work with different companies or organizations that would be interested in really creating transparent, meaningful, and engaging communications content together. That sounds like a great plan. And I hope lots of companies take you up on it. So I'm sure they can find you on LinkedIn. Yes. Or on the collab. I think people can find you on LinkedIn um, for sure. If they look up Michelle Doyle, although I noticed that your name is just Michelle, there's no last name on LinkedIn, which I don't know what that's about, but I'm glad that I know I knew what you looked like because otherwise I wouldn't have found you. But anyways, I digress again. I think that that's pretty good place to wrap up our conversation. It's been lovely to chat with you and meet you, Michelle, and I hope everybody will listen and get excited about talking about their their material, their material supply chain and and the incredible materials that, you know, are made all over the world and you can help them talk about that. So lovely to meet you. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being here for the Collab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the Collab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecollab.com.